Hello, and welcome back to Motifs Between the Notes podcast, where we invite Rhode Island musicians to perform their original music and then sit down for a discussion about it with our host. Let's begin. Hello, I am Eric Leone, and this is Between the Notes with Motif at the Parlor. I'm going to start off with a little prayer.
offered you a little bit of wine. Suddenly it was like you had become colder. And grandmother gave us a card. It was the first time she wrote, Mr. and Mrs. Although I know you didn't change your name. And she knows that you didn't change it to Sunday, I think I'm going to go and visit my grandmother's grave. She always knew what to say. Like that time I took a trip with her down to Minneapolis. She was trying. She was trying to get me into some some nicer colleges, some schools that were away from this place. Cause she knew that everybody needs to get away from where they grew up, at least for a little bit. If they're really gonna know. That's why I met you. It was like some prophets, some fate type of shit came my way. I didn't, I didn't really want to write your name in the yearbook that year, but I did. 
always felt something great upon me. Something great in my soul pulling me somewhere else, but then my heart pulled itself to you. And was it really my heart? I don't really know anymore. I try to convince you. I try to convince you to go down to Florida that one time, but you just wouldn't leave. Just for a week, baby. Just for a week, we need to get away. If only we could just we could shoot ourselves across the country, maybe. I don't next summer, would you want to go to Burning Man? How about we change up how we live? We could just buy ourselves a piece of land. I don't need my law degree. I'd be lucky if I was just a secretary out of paralegals with this degree. Barely have a fucking 2.85. Who's gonna hire this guy? Yeah, so I think next week I'm gonna go visit my grandmother's grave on Sunday. She always knew what to say at times like these. Soft things, nice things, words of encouragement. I'm proud of you. You're doing great. You just got to believe in yourself. Just keep your chin up. But those words don't echo.
not so like me. Watching cares on my And why do I keep living like this rather than living like that? Ignoring all those that died off for me Ignoring all 
wanted the best. Fucking I, getting out of this town. Now, done playing like a sad fucking clown that doesn't get no respect from anyone. Now, all the puzzle pieces fall together in my hand. Now that I finally found myself looking at them and asking what have they done. I blew out on my birthday cakes that grandma made for me when I was eight. And now I look to skies and see that maybe I can fly. I'll take a plane out of Logan and I'm going to Florida. Getting out of this town, I'm done acting like a clown. This year, this summer, I'm going to Burning Man. My choice, finally doing it for me. My choice, finally doing it for me. My choice, finally doing. I am back thanks for uh, watching between the notes shot at the parlor by motif magazine and sponsored by r1 indoor karting and trinity brew house and the cic we're here today with eric leone who just gave that fantastic performance hopefully you watched that um how do you feel how do i feel uh i feel great i feel like i just got some stuff out it was perfect I feel it awesome. seemed very uh, how much of that was improv all of it okay uh uh, let me take that back. So, so I said that I started with a prayer, the very beginning of it. Mm -hmm. the, um, the piano playing of that and the notes and stuff I chose with my voice, that's all improv. But the, the lyrics for just the prayer, which is, hallowed be thy muses, breathe, uh, bless all inspiration, okay. breathe into me and back out through, hallowed be thy muses. That's something that anytime I do a solo set, I always started off with that. Wow. Every time. So, but everything other than that, all improv. Yeah. All, all so you, off you, the head, as they say. Okay. Musically, what about the lyrics? All the lyrics. Yeah. Just wow. all just storytelling just on the spot. Wow. Yeah. All right. Yep. That's, that's pretty amazing. How, how, what a, where was that coming from? How autobiographical was that? No, not, no, I mean, not at all. Okay. Not at all. Yeah. It's, um, I think it's a little, it's something that a lot of people overlook in regards to 
uh, musical improv mm -hmm. is the utilization of language in okay. regards to improv. And if we look at the roots of musicianship, we get to, you know, really bards, storytellers. Mm -hmm. um, uh, even in the most ancient cultures, yeah. you're dealing with myths. And epic poems were all... Epic poems, I mean, high yeah. Egypt, right? Yeah. You're, you're still dealing with, you know, music being paired directly with story. Um, mm -hmm. And the musicians are, are you know, uh, the improv with instruments, they're us using all of these licks, all these phrases, all these little sentences, yeah, all these yeah. new words, mashing them together and creating new sentences live on the spot. Um, and with the voice, you have the vowels, you have the consonants, of course, and you have the pitches and rhythms that you can do with the voice, but the other whole side of it is, is improvising narrative, improvising a story, mm -hmm. um, and, and kind of just pulling it the same way that musicians pull saxophone improv solos okay. and you know and yeah that's that's a practice i've i've worked on for quite some time wow so that was a completely unique thing that we just saw that yeah there's uh, except yeah. for the podcast won't be seen again really right? yeah 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 if it was if it wasn't recorded it would not be heard again right right yeah and are there threads that you pull on more regularly like with some of that revisiting stories you've <clears throat> explored before or was that all coming completely out of a whole cloth yeah, no, that was, that was, that, so there is a, a primary technique that I discovered um, that works really well for me is, one, I center myself with the prayer to the muses, right? Because mm -hmm. yep. it's just, you're giving it to something else. I think that's like it's a like main a mental palate cleanser. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It's, it's not about the audience. It's not about what I'm saying about myself. It's not about what I'm saying to the audience. It's about... Um, you know, like just trying to channel inspiration. Yeah. Um, and the other side of that is that after the palate cleanse that you have in the beginning, um, trying to start off with heavy I statements and heavy emotional words. And from those heavy emotional words, talk, you know, use the word sadness, use the word happiness, you know. You know, I feel sad. I'm so aggravated right now. And then, and then simple, simple story, you know. Um, I think in the very beginning, I was saying something about like. I'm sorry I didn't call. Was the yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry <laughs> I didn't call, right? You know, yeah. but very, very simple things, but they're, they're emotionally poignant, mm -hmm. you know, rather than getting lost in the flowery language. Right. Um, you know, I could talk about like, you know, why. Why have I not deemed to communicate with you at this hour forlorn in the twilight, my love? This cosmic separation between <laughs> us—that's that's too heady, Shakespearean, right? Shakespearean, yeah, right. And it, it's it's just it's very heady. It's it's also it's tough to it's tough to communicate string along. I mean, the job of an entertainer is is to um, is to get people sunk in and get people lost mm -hmm. and 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 your story and, and, and what's being presented to them, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, if, if you can do that, if you can take them out of their life, that's a success. Yeah. But by utilizing emotional words, uh, utilizing simple statements, um, and then kind of, um, you know, very ten Terrence McKenna psychedelia, right? If, mm -hmm. if you can apply it to psychedelics, you can apply it to creativity. If, if you need to be in a good set and setting, mm -hmm. right? If you don't even know what your set and setting is, you haven't even considered your set and setting. Mm -hmm. then you're going to lead yourself into chaos. 
Okay. Well, when you start off with the simplistics, right? Yeah. Set and setting. I'm in a single room. I'm going to do some yoga. I'm going to do some breathing exercise. I'm going to do some meditation. And now I'm setting myself up for a good trip. Okay. Right? And it's yep. the same thing. I'm going to set myself up with some simple emotional words, some simple emotional phrases, some sim simple actions between you. people. Yep. And that's going to set up the journey. Okay. And from there... <laughs> So do you do live performances along with that technique often? Um, not often anymore. I do have one. So typically when I utilize the technique I was using, I actually do it um, still just with piano and mm -hmm. voice. Yeah. But I also utilize uh, Ableton as a looper. Okay. Um, and I will allow things to build uh -huh. very drastically right. over a much larger amount of time, almost kind of like ambient or drone, yeah. but, you know, with the theatrical swing of it. Theatrical um, and I do, I am opening up um, a festival, I think, in Shelby, Mass, uh, Fractal Fest this uh -huh. year. Um, okay. Right after their opening ceremony on Thursday, I requested um, from my, my good friend, uh, Rob, uh, Rob Fra Fractal Tribe, he's... Um, more or less the lead of the festival now um, that I opened the festival. Yeah. And so he put me right after the ceremony. So nice. But it's really nice for me to open something because I get to set the intention of a whole event with the mm -hmm. prayer to the muses, you know, yeah. and just like ah, bring, yeah. bring the whole thing there. So that's the next time that I have a performance like that. I was doing it quite a bit five, six years ago um, yeah. before I moved to the uh, reliquarium mm -hmm. um, community, fabrication community that I'm a, that I'm a part of. Um, but then as I started to develop relationships in Providence, uh, it's taken more of a backseat. Mm -hmm. um, right. Had you done yeah. fra uh, Fractal Fest before? Yeah, I've been involved with Fractal Fest, I believe, 20... 16, 17, something like that. Wow. But when I, when okay. I started with Fractal Fest... Um, uh, I was a performance artist uh, okay. in installations that were created and led by my good friend Siyun Cha, um, who is a fantastic uh, visual artist, photographer, videographer, and mm -hmm. performance art installation witch goddess you know okay. I mean, okay. she's, she's, she's amazing does um, all the things it sounds yeah like. i mean the first time i was at fractal fest i was in a six foot deep hole with a glass covering it completely naked with my rat running around inside and lights <laughs> uh shining on my body the second year i was surrounded by televisions that were playing images of myself and my wife and a few other people completely glitched out like rgb televisions in the middle of the woods with all these wires uh, attached to a metallic rib cage in my back while i was covered in cornstarch and had white white out contacts and i was oh. shaking like a like a death person i even like okay. i even tried to make sure that my um my uh genitalia was um was looking sickly because i wanted to I wanted to really, because for a man, uh -huh. when you're naked in a, in a, let's say, a performance art piece, yeah. if I could act as, as whatever hurt as I want, but uh -huh. if we have a weather vane on our body, right, uh -huh. that's easily seen, if that weather vane is relaxed, <laughs> right. then the suspension of disbelief gets broken very easily. So I literally put myself on ice. Oh, beforehand wow. so that it looked like I should be in a sick bed. Okay. And it was 
So good. There are people <laughs> tripping balls, just fucking running away from the install. <laughs> even even so, you know, so and, like she was like, I, I remember hearing people ask her, like, is he actually okay? She's like, I actually don't know. <laughs> Okay. So that's how I started at Fractal, but that's a in the last method approach to performance. Oh, that's I love method is my way. I love I love method. I mean, not the traditionalist method, but but to incorporate aspects of method in in any in any entertainment approach, any live performance approach, I I think is very important. Make sure that you actually feel it. You you know, when when you're trying to, you don't need to convince anyone that it hurts if you can convince yourself that it does. Right. Wow. All right. <laughs> <laughs> And it sounds like you're not even convincing yourself you're actually hey, I'm going there. Hurting, yeah, so, yeah. I'm, I'm going there. Let's go. That's wow. the easiest way to convince yourself. <laughs> so what, what are you, what sort of reaction are you, like, you're loving that people were running away tri tripping yeah. balls. What are you looking for when you do a piece like that? I mean, uh, uh, great art has an effect, right? Mm -hmm. um, plain and simple. It just has an effect on people. Um, so making them if, feel something. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and making them feel something that is outside of their standard reality, experience, you know? Yeah. yeah, their standard experience, the standard social dynamics, civilization that they may be a part of, culture that they may be a part of, mm -hmm. you know, something that really, as a comedy, will make you laugh, right? It mm -hmm. makes you laugh. It's not your choice. A great comedy forces you. To, <laughs> okay. oh, my, oh my, that's a great, a great comedy forces you uh -huh. to feel that way. A great horror forces you to, yeah. to or feel building anxiety, right? Yeah. As long as it's forcing the people, the audience members, uh, to, to feel to not, not simply feel, but to have their reality replaced for a second, okay. right? Which is truly suspension of disbelief, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Suddenly, they can no longer disbelieve the reality of what they're witnessing. It is reality for a moment. And they're and, in that moment. And they're in you. that moment with you. Yeah. And now that gets to make them go home, and uh, as with a comedy, will make them consider, why don't I laugh so much? Why isn't my life filled with more laughter, right? Okay. And with things that provoke what some would consider negative emotions, right? Or, uh -huh. or, or more hurtful emotions. It allows them to go home and reflect upon the minor things in their life that okay. evoke those emotions and then compare it to these major <laughs> realities uh -huh. that I've forced them into, forced them to feel. And suddenly they need to be looking at their own shit. They're like, I stubbed my toe. It's not that bad. Yeah. It's not like that. Naked covered in cornstarch with ice on my... Uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? It's not like what that was. Uh -huh. You know? It's not, it's not that level of uncomfortable. Uh-huh. And also, the ability... If people aren't having that kind of reaction, if people do appreciate the art of it, then what you're doing is you're converting uh, people's relationships with what are considered negative emotions and, and showing them the beauty of them, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, where where uh, I think Radiohead is a great example. Well, you know, Radiohead is a very... In what way? 
uh, like they're a lot of people look at them as like a little bit of like a more de like de de depressing, uh -huh. slow, somber kind of music that they evoke, right. but they show it in such a beautiful way. Or Chopin's Nocturnes is okay. another is another great example. It's it's a literally when Chopin wrote those, he was in the height of depression in his life uh, around the age I think like 27, 28 years old. Okay. And he never actually even wanted them to be released because he didn't agree with, you know, just uh, releasing something that was so hurt. Um, but the thing is about the feelings of hurt is that when you can show people how beautiful hurt can be, then suddenly they can bear their own hurt with a little bit more grace. They can see the... They can see the the beauty of the shot, you know? Okay. It's not just the monster, okay. it's, they see the, the makeup effects on the monster, they see the lighting of the scene, they see the fog, they see the set design finally, they see the beauty of the whole thing, they see the context of it with everything else in their life, and suddenly it's beautiful, it has meaning, rather than it just being a torture that we go through. I think, I think that's major, and, and for myself, long story short, that's, you know, getting that kind of reaction out of someone when I'm doing, a, doing art, performance art, or, or something of that nature, uh, that's what I'm achieving. And that's, that's the height of, that's way better than having someone sit there and laugh. Mm-hmm. Well, unless you're doing the comedy. Unless I'm trying to make it, unless right. it's a dark comedy, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, no, I was doing that shit for so young. <laughs> oh, no, we were trying to make people feel away. <laughs> well, there's also a philosophy that to really enjoy the high highs, you need the low lows. Is that into this at all and some of the beauty that you see in the some of the more shocking stuff you do or I guess a little bit but it's um you know what's so interesting is that is that's a very it's a very perspective thing right so if we look at it like a wave function right mm -hmm. like in physics right if you're at the low low um and you're looking up at the high high that's coming at you. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, what we consider the high high, right? In, in, the, in the example you just gave, the high yeah. high was great, the low low was bad. Uh -huh. But the thing is, is that if you're sitting at the low low in the crest, in the crest of the wave, yeah. you're sitting at the low low, looking up at the high high coming at you, yeah. the high high is what's about to kill you, not the low low. The high high is, cre is, 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 cre is starting to crescent. Uh -huh. It's starting to create the foam at the top. It's going to slam down on you. Right? right? Is the high high really that nice? Or is the low low a little bit safer, right? Mm -hmm. And if you're at the high point, looking down at the low, well, you have clear skies all around you. You see above okay. everything. You don't see, sure. you don't see any of it. And actually you're, you're also at a state, anticipating you're anticipating the next maybe the, the fall, wave, yeah. right? right? But when you're at the low low, you don't necessarily even know whether or not you're gonna make it past. But what's hitting you isn't another low low. What's hitting you is a good good, is the high high, <laughs> okay. right? And I think even in regards to pain and hurt in people's lives, right? Like, like isn't that the most, when you're at a severe low, it's, it's, not, it's not even that bad things coming. More bad things coming is scary. Mm -hmm. It's good things starting to come and they actually hurt you rather than help. Isn't that the most frightening thing when you're at rock bottom, mm. <laughs> right? Right. It's interesting. Right. Yeah. So, in regards to juxtaposition of of highs and lows and 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 those emotional states, mm 
you know, are they really good? Are they, you know, or can they really be conflated with the terms good or bad? Or, or are they just simply perspectives of a consistency that we're all going to find ourselves on? Mm-hmm. And the exploration of those consistencies uh, and the enjoyment of them, right? right. Now, when, when you suddenly you're a surfer, uh-huh. right? If you know how to surf with those motherfuckers, yeah. like, yo, this yeah. is a good time, you know? Yeah. It's an adrenaline rush. Like, you know, if suddenly it becomes sure. play, uh-huh. like it is when I make music, right? Yeah. The, the emotional state, the happiness, the, the loss. Yeah. Ah, now it's play. Now I'm, I'm just surfing, uh-huh. surfing the feelings. This is great. You know, and that, get, that gets to translate over to my real life. You know? So when I'm in a low low, I'm like, oh, I mean, but imagine the composition here. I put a camera over here, man, and then suddenly we got a beautiful piece of drama. All right. All right. That's finding the beauty in the low low again. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which exactly. It's a new word for me. But... Yeah, the low low. <laughs> the low low. That's it. Wow. Yeah. You talked about you talked about sine curves and physics a little bit. Yeah, I know that you also touch on technology, and you're interested in the technology behind music. Yes. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, and are you doing if, any interesting? So I have a long-standing fiction I've been working on uh, mm-hmm. for about six or seven years now uh, that revolves around um, two sentient synthetic artificial intelligences in the 2200s that Mm -hmm. um, have an experimental sentience in them so that they can become mystics. Basically, they're robots that were programmed to become gurus and find their souls. And one of them's doing it good, one of them's doing it real bad and is suffering and is basically schizophrenic. Um, That... That's just a fiction I've been working on for a while. That's a novel? Um, It's it's actually uh, several albums already. Okay. Uh, Some released, some unreleased. So Sinsoma and Phil Script. They both are out on Spotify, iTunes, whatever. There's two albums of Sinsoma. It's a Phil Script album out. Okay. Um, But, you know, that's more of like a satire at the end of the day. Not really speaking about technology. It's more speaking about, it's just kind of creating a juxtaposition for people. Okay. and, And their own search for soul or spirit okay. um and it's just a very interesting fun project for me to play with you've but, been doing that for years now yeah Is it's it, about six or seven years yeah there's a lot of ai like ai has risen in our collective it consciousness has blossomed a lot over that time which is very yeah. funny for me yeah. um now what's nice is i i live with um or i've been living with a friend of mine uh cj carr who is one of the honestly one of the minds that's kind of at the forefront of music AI generation. Okay. Um, I actually just did a, um, his project is called Databots. He also works for like a major AI company. I forget which one it's called. Um, but he just released a song where I'm his first human training model. Okay. Where he treated me what as an AI. What does that mean? So I read the book of, uh, I read the uh, Psalms of David for about uh-huh. two weeks straight. Week, two weeks straight. Um, Allowed to the... Uh, no, just to myself. Okay. Right? So yeah. I took in the training data, right? Okay. And then he was working on a new AI track uh, called Run the Bots. And um, yeah, and then I sat down and I gave him output uh, from my training okay. data where I improv. So from memory. I can. improv uh-huh. uh, new Psalms of David. And I gave him maybe like seven or eight, maybe 10 minutes worth of material. Mm-hmm. And he uh, cut it up and turned it into a song around the bots. 
All right. That's in there. Yeah. Around the bots. Uh, run the bots. Run the bots. Okay. Run the bots from That's the name Dada of the bots. D A D A B O T S. Okay. He's like a genius. I love that kid. So, but to get back to the original question, like my, my thoughts and uh, about technology, music, um, uh, if I really run it back, Bach, he took a brand new formula that was developed by Marin Mersenne, a mathematician, a French mathematician, okay. that uh, instead of utilizing just intonation, which was only seven notes in regards to the tuning of instruments, uh -huh. Marin Mersenne created a formula for separating the scale into 12 notes to create the chromatic scale. Okay. Never applied it, right? But it was a brand new formula. Bach took this brand new mathematical formula and actually applied it to the keyboard and then developed an entirely new theoretical language based off of it. So he was using math and cutting edge technology. Uh -huh. Even ideas are technology, right? Okay, yeah, At sure. the end of the day, a mathematical yeah. formula is a kind of technology, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Beethoven was using cannons in his music. <laughs> and, and the entirety of the orchestral development of instruments that he had at the time, yeah. and the reason why he wrote with notation at the time was because notation was the best way to communicate ideas through music. We didn't have MIDI, we didn't have recordings, we didn't have any of that. Mm -hmm. He was using the most advanced technology at the time, and people ridiculed him for it. People ridiculed Bach for it, mm -hmm. right? Some of the greatest minds that we have in all of the arts that were pioneers in the arts have always used the most advanced technology, the newest technology at their disposal to create. And if any of those people were here today, if, if Dali grew up right now, Homie would be playing with AI. He'd be playing with Photoshop. He wouldn't. I, I would be surprised if Homie touched oils at all, ever. I'd be astounded if he touched oil paints. I'd be astounded if Beethoven ever even wrote a single note of notation in his entire life outside of maybe education, like being uh -huh. educated as a child. He'd be on Pro Tools. He'd be on Pro Tools. Yeah. He'd be on Ableton, right? He'd be he'd be playing with AI generators, okay. right? That's. Every pioneer that we have in music is always using the most advanced technologies, always using the newest stuff. Mm -hmm. Even, you know, the Floyd, the Beatles, like, all, you know, all these cats, were, they were doing the same exact thing. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a shame that musicians, artists that are trying to create original music, trying to create new things, mm -hmm. trying to some way pioneer, do something new, they refute brand new technologies, right? Sure. When it's like, if you look at the people that really did it, they used the newest thing every time and changed the world, changed everyone's perspective of those tools by utilizing them. Uh -huh. And were even scoffed at, laughed at, died poor sometimes due to their utilization of these tools. And then 70, 80 years later, suddenly people uncover it and are like, oh my God, this is the best thing I've ever seen. In the oh, this, this person pushed the fold, uh -huh. right? And I think that's the difference though between people that are truly attempting to create rather than people that are artisans. Or uh, or tradesmen in the crafts, right? Yeah. If you're if if you're 
playing Appalachian folk music. It's amazing. Oh my God. The level of musicianship. If you're a classical pianist, right, like, sure. sl like slaying those pieces. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. But that is more of a trade. That is more of a craft. Yeah. Right. Than it is the mad scientist. Than it is the, <laughs> the, 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 you know, the artist mind that, uh -huh. that people associate with the vision of, artistry yeah. you know yeah. and anyone that is i think every artist needs to make that distinction for themselves mm -hmm. are you going to be a master of your craft mm -hmm. or are you going to well, are you going to push the new tech are you going to are you going to try to push things and properly in using ways? the new tech kind of a craft yeah. i mean that's yeah part of what you're saying i think is that there's a well, there there's is an no art. There's a human creativity to it. Yeah, but you can use the latest tools and still have that creativity behind what's coming out. Oh, that's the only. In a lot of the ways, it's the only way to have the creativity. Yeah. Uh, the only other way to have the creativity is 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 to play with ideas, right? Again, yeah. the mathematical code for the equal temperament system that was developed by Marin Mersenne mm -hmm. and then implemented by Bach, it was an idea, yeah. right? That's just some <clears throat> lines on paper, right? And then uh -huh. it turned into the entirety of Western music as we know and actually world music as we have today, yeah. right? Yeah. Just one person's dorky hobby. Like, imagine if yeah. it wasn't seven notes, it was 12, and mm -hmm. you could change keys as ever you, however you wanted to. Boom. Here's an entire 400 years of music right mm -hmm. there. Right? Yeah. Um, but that's the fun thing is that there's actually no right way to use new technology. It's just... What gets popular? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think I think for a lot of people, the fear is that the human creative element won't be needed at all mm. if the AI gets to a certain point. Um, totally. I think it's still about where you point the AI and, and what you do with whatever tech, tech, whatever tech you're using. How like how are we not artificial intelligence? I think that's the big one. That really, and I, I think, well, no, I <laughs> yeah. think this is also what my fiction is kind of talking about too, uh -huh. right? Um, uh, the words that we're using right now, did either one of us invent them? Rarely, yeah. <laughs> Very rarely, yeah. right? Yep. Right. Maybe every once in a while someone comes up with a diggity or something, you know, <laughs> some weird yeah. shit some like word. that, yeah. right? Yeah. But vast majority of the time, every single thing that's coming out of our mouth was pre-written, was pre-programmed. Right. Right, and we're, and we're, we're finding new configurations. We're finding new configurations. Is that not AI? Right. Even the concepts for emotions, right? Mm -hmm. When you uncover dead languages, all of a sudden you realize that there's like a bunch of different versions of the, the, the word love. And suddenly, if you mm -hmm. actually learn them all, now suddenly you're going to process love in a completely different way. But you're not going to use the word love. You're going to use those seven all different those words for love or all those other things right. to be able to describe exactly what you're talking about. Now mm -hmm. it's changed your computing, but again, did you do it? Yeah. No, you just found a new uh, data input source, a new training data. Right. Right. So I think, I, like, at the end of the day, the, the, you know, people really need to find for themselves what is the difference between the way our minds work mm -hmm. and the concept of something beyond that. Right. Hmm. Yep. Done. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Greg. Um, do you have any uh, musical shows coming up or anything like that that you want to talk about? I'm playing Fractal Fest. I'm doing a bunch with Blue Cat Records. Uh, 
me and my wife, Expresso, are crushing it and are going all over the place with our project. Um, uh, Animal Face is crushing it through Provenance. Uh, and yeah, Blue Cat Records has like about 16, 17 artists that's going to be on it by the end of the year. And yeah, there's, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff that's going on. Awesome. How would yeah. people follow you or check up on what you're doing? All right, there is, you can find me online as E-R-I-K space L-E-O-N-E on basically anything. And then there's also my record label is B-L-U-3-K-A-T records dot art. And you will find all of the musicians, people on the label, and all the different things that we're doing right awesome. there. All right. Eric, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thank you, Mike. Uh, this again has been Between the Notes, the Motif podcast shot at the parlor in Providence, sponsored by R1 Indoor Karting and Trinity Brew House. And thanks again. Bada bang. Have a good night. <laughs>